When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody. My name is Scott Kennedy with the Falcons podcast, and we are simulcasting to the All Dolphins podcast. It seemed apropos, so I got a chance to bring in my good friend on this side over here, Alan Pupar who does the All Dolphins podcast and has been down in Miami, South Florida, wherever they happen to practice. On, Miami Gardens. Uh, yeah, there you go. For And then they play in Fort Lauderdale, don't they? So No, no, they or, play Miami Gardens also. Or close thereabouts. Um, but he has been down there. He lives down there, and he's been at practice, joint practices all week for the, for the two practices. And then leading into the game, we're going to talk some – Standout players, some roster battles, some rookies that are looking good, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go about 30 minutes. So we're uh, happy that everybody here can join us. So first off, Alan, how are you doing, my friend? It is great to see you again. Yeah, doing very well. Doing very warm, actually, at those, at those joint practices because it is it brutal down here. We caught a break at the end of the second practice on uh, Wednesday when they moved the proceedings inside and the, uh, the the beautiful indoor facility at the Baptist Health Training Complex in Miami Gardens, and that was about as fun a practice as it was that particular session. Because what they did is when they're outside on the two practice fields, they, they would do Miami offense versus Atlanta defense on one field, and vice versa on the other field. When they moved inside after a little while of continuing to do that on each half of the field, is they went one team's offense versus the other team's defense occupying the whole field and nothing else with everybody on the sidelines watching and the intensity ratcheted up and it was fun. It was, I don't want to say it was like a game situation, but it was maybe closer to a game situation than the actual preseason game will be. Yeah. It's, it's close, you know, it's close because that's as intense as you're going to get. And, and you, you hear Alan, you hear all the players talk about how much more fun they have at these joint practices. I mean, that, you know, six weeks in, you know, Atlanta's no picnic in the summer either, you know, in the, in the flowery branch heat and humidity of uh, beating on each other. You, you want someone in a different color Jersey to, you know, an, instead of just your opposite number, you know, white or red, and then, or the, the teal or white, you want somebody with a different helmet on that you can go bang up against. And they did this a couple of years ago as well down in Miami. And I, I think it's, it's a good relationship between the Falcons and the dolphins and not, too far not too far to go down there no and i don't i don't recall exactly the connection i don't know if, if it's mike mcdaniel or arthur smith like, like for example the dolphins are practicing with the houston texans next week and their new head coach is D'Amico ryan's who was a, on the 49ers staff with mike mcdaniel so the connection's obvious i think there was some sort of relation at some point relationship between mcdaniel and arthur smith that they hooked up to do this 
Um, this one okay, was right. two years ago when the former coach was there because he was the beast. The guy was from BC with Matt Ryan, Brian Brian Flores. Yeah. Brian Flores. Okay, I've already. All right, why? How quickly we've forgotten? Already about wiped wiped those guys. From, coach. <laughs> Damn. I've already wiped those guys from memory. So you were down there. Um, what are some of the key roster battles that you're looking at down with the Miami Dolphins? And then I want to I want to riff off of what you say, just to say who they're going to go against, just to know what kind of battle you're going to have in the game tonight. Yeah, and I made this point on the All Dolphins podcast, uh, the last one we did with my colleague Omar Kelly, that there are a lot more battles for either positions, roles, key roles, or roster spots on this Dolphin team that there was last year at this time. And the one that really jumps out is a left guard spot where 2021 second-round pick Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame was kind of penciled in, projected as a starter. He has really struggled in training camp to the point where, I mean, I can tell you the fan bases might have a conniption if he winds up being the starter on opening day against the Chargers. And they're they're they've rotated four guys for that spot. Him, Isaiah Wynn, the former Patriots first round pick, Lester Cotton, and then Robert Jones. So that's one key spot to look at. Then the other key spot is the cornerback spot opposite Xavier Howard, which is open for the first half of the regular season, at least because of the knee injury sustained by Jalen Ramsey in the first week of camp or second week, whenever it was. Um and to me, it looks like a three-way battle between the veteran Eli Apple, who's actually a pretty solid player, except that his social media works got him into trouble in the headlines and in trouble with his teams. You have Cam Smith, the rookie second-round pick from South Carolina, who has looked great in practice. Uh, I mean, it's like there's not a day that goes by that the guy doesn't have a PBU. Question with him is, do you want? are you going to trust a rookie to start opposite a defense that's pretty loaded? Uh, in terms of the starters and the third guy. Yes, I am. If he can play, he can play. Uh, correct. Well, that's going to be the debate. And the third guy is is a guy who's come out of nowhere based on his past, and that's Noah Benogany, who was the third of the Dolphins' three first-round picks in 2020 when they took two of first. Austin Jackson was second. Noah Benogany was third, whose career so far has been, to say it's been disappointing, is being very, very polite, <laughs> uh, who has enjoyed an emergence in, in training camp who's looked better than he's looked at any point during his Dolphin career. And how much of that is the lights come on, he's more confident, or the new scheme implemented by new DC, Vic Fangio, is better suited to his skill set because it calls for more zone than man-to-man. And the question with him is, is that going to continue throughout the preseason games and the rest of training camp and making him a legit contender for that starting job? Those are the two main two main areas I'm looking at. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me add a third one is the safety spot opposite Javon Holland, where it's wide open. Dolphins signed Deshaun Elliott as a free agent in the off season. They have Brandon Jones as a returning starter. But if we talk about the new scheme, Brandon Jones was a perfect fit for the previous scheme implemented by the coach whose name you forgot. Uh, Brian Flores, which was blitz heavy because Brandon Jones is a fabulous blitzer, but he's got his, red flags in terms of coverage. Uh, and then there are a couple of long shot guys as well, like dark horse contenders, Elijah Campbell, maybe Trill, Trill Williams. So those are the three spots. You know how it is when you get old, man. I said Brian Robinson. You know who Brian Robinson is? Brian Robinson was a safety at Auburn when I was in college. It's like those long-term things etch in from 30 years ago, but I can't remember what happened last week. 
Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I don't know how announcers don't say when they see like a player and then his kid comes through, how they don't say his dad's name every single time because it's it's hard. So one of the things I heard about was uh, you were talking about the, the guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much you're going to see out there, which is why the joint practices are so good, how much you're going to see the number one interior defensive lineman uh, for the Falcons in, in dead in the middle and David Anyamata play out there. So one of the guys that's going to be going after him was arguably the second most improved player for the Falcons last year, Caleb McGarry at right tackle being the first. The second most was a, a, a second-year guy named Taquan Graham who uh, plays defensive tackle. He played in in a 3-4. He got hurt week 11, and he's coming back. So for me, that will be a very interesting matchup because I think Taquan, if he's healthy and he's been going through all the, all the reps and stuff, should get an extended look in this game. And he played great last year, Alan. One of the Why the Falcons, instead of a two-win team, were a seven-win team with yeah. one of the worst rosters in football last year was the improvement on the lines of scrimmage between Caleb McGarry at right tackle and Taquan Graham. Um, you mentioned some defensive backs. Okay, that's going to be some great matchups because there are a bunch of wide receivers fighting for that number two wide receiver spot behind Drake London. Mac Hollins looks like the guy, but then you've got some guys back there like Scotty Miller. You've got Kadero Hodge. Um Arcega Whiteside is a unit, 6'3", 245-pound wide receiver. Xavier Malone has flashed in camp. That, I, that Alan, I think the Falcons' wide receiver room, and it's hard to tell when they're just going against other Falcons, is a little deeper than they've gotten credit for in the preseason. And it'll be interesting to see them go against the Miami Dolphins this week. Well, I can tell you I'm going to be rooting from this end here for my guy, Mike, Mac Collins, who I really, really liked. And I can tell you every media member down here misses him badly because mm-hmm. he is such, such an interesting guy. And on top of that, the dude can play. Uh, and I didn't – I was focusing mostly on the Dolphin defense during the joint practices because there's only so much so much you can watch. And my colleague Omar Kelly was watching uh, the Dolphin defense. But I can tell you for a fact that I know that Mac Collins – uh, had his moments during the joint practices against his former team. And he's a nice player. He had a good year for the, the Vegas Raiders last year as well. Uh, and he's a guy who is a special teams captain here, uh, was it, or maybe even an offense captain. I mean, he's, he's a good, great guy to have in a locker room, and, and he can play. If he's not your number three in Atlanta, I'd be surprised. Uh, if you're just joining us and the numbers have skyrocketed as Twitter and everybody and YouTube and Facebook make their way out into the algorithmic fear to find you, uh, this is a simulcast between the Falcons podcast and the All Dolphins podcast. Uh, my name is Scott Kennedy. This is Alan Papar on this side. Uh, Alan and I go way back, probably four or five years already, and have done this a few times. We don't do it nearly enough, though, Alan. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do this uh, do this a little bit more often because I do a lot more than just Falcons throughout the course of year. I do some NFL draft stuff, and um, one of the guys that, that makes me real interested that I wanted to ask you. I know you didn't have a first round draft pick this year. Um, a-Chain has been flashing a little bit across my radar, you know, because skill players tend to do that, especially one with his skill set, which is super fast. But you mentioned Cam Smith, South Carolina defensive back, and said he's looked really good. Tell me more about him. Uh, he's good. He's a cornerback. He's from South Carolina. <laughs> there you go. Um, what do you need to know? What, what are his chances that he's going to get an extended look with this team early? I'd be surprised season? if he didn't. I mean, he's like he, he's earned it. It's like every day. And 
again, the coverage is very is really, really good. I mean, the coverage is tight, and he makes plays on the ball. Now, he hasn't gotten a pick, uh, and that's a sore spot for certain people in the media because you want your, your cornerbacks to get interceptions. But to me, give me the good coverage. Give me the steady coverage as opposed to three interceptions, but you get beat half the time. And he's been really good. And one of the keys for a cornerback, as you, I'm sure you know, is confidence and the ability to put behind bad plays and bad games. Mm-hmm. Well, Cam Smith had one practice that was shaky. He got beaten bad on a deep uh, touchdown pass. I don't remember. It was, And it wasn't Tyreek Hill because if you get beat for a long touchdown pass by Tyreek Hill, you're like, okay, well, everybody's going to – You're a notch on his bedpost. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> but it wasn't Tyreek Hill. And then also in another – drill he had a clear dpi so it wasn't a really good practice and he came back the next day and he was back to being the cam smith we had seen earlier and with every step whether it be scrimmage joint practices the guy just keeps making plays i mean i'm I'm not joking when i tell you it's practically a pass breakup a day and he's got the good size uh i'm trying to remember a rookie corner who's coming to this team and has looked this impressive this early and i have a hard time and i'm going to couch that by saying that when Xavier Howard came in as a second round pick in 2016, he had knee issues in training camp. So it wasn't like he could shine that early. Uh, and in fact, that kind of hampered his whole first year. And then the second year, boom, and you could see this guy's good. Um, but Cam Smith, I mean, I don't want to go crazy over him, but man, this guy's encouraging. And I want to touch on a chain if I may real quickly, because we have this running joke here among the media members is in terms of stature and Jersey number, because he wears 28, Dolphins have a running back, Savan Ahmed, who wears 26. They're both similar build. They're both quick scat back types. And I'm not joking with you when I tell you we have the binoculars on and we have to look three times. Whenever one of those two gets the ball, it's the binoculars and we have to check going back to the huddle to make sure we, whether it was Ahmed and H.A. And, I'm tell, and I keep telling fans right now in training camp, right, they're the same guy. And, of course, I'm getting a lot of – Flack back. I hear you obviously didn't watch a chain at Texas A&M. He's a stud and all that. That's great. And I, I get into all that in training camp. He looks He's like not that. playing at Texas A&M anymore. Thank you. <laughs> and it's a guy I would expect to see a lot of Friday night. Now let's see if the good practices, because he, he was written up this week um, because there were a lot of questions asked of his teammates. What have you seen from him? And if you know the, how the drill goes, you ask a teammate about another player on his team. He looks great. Love it's him. It's going to be flowers. That guy's going to be yeah. great. He's awesome and all that. So now you have the stories that follow Devon H. in a sensation at camp. Okay, now let's see Let's see what he does in, in the preseason. And right, Mike, well, not- as, the, as the chat keeps rising again, I want to just remind everybody, I'm, I'm Scott Kennedy with the Falcons podcast, among other things. And this is Alan over on this side with the All Dolphins podcast. So, uh, we are simulcasting, so you may wonder, hey, what the hell's going on? Um, but I want to say hello to some folks that have come in, like Michael Ranquillo. He's out in Tucson, Arizona. Appreciate you being here. And Kevin, Friday edition. I don't normally do Fridays, but I was like, you know what? I need to do Friday, playing Friday night. Alan's down there. Let's do Friday. He says, good morning. Good morning from John as well. And Zach Powers saying good morning. Um, Mitch, hello. How you doing? And Kelly coming in says, hello from London, UK. I'm looking forward to being back in Florida in a few months. Uh, good to have you. Good to have you. Um, Harry Marshall saying, go Falcons tonight. I'll be watching past my bedtime. Yes, that's about past my bedtime too, unfortunately. <laughs> 10 o'clock and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to turn the lights off. Uh, the, 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 the animals and the kids don't care how late I stay up. They're, they're getting up at the same time. Uh, Ty Jenkins asks, 
He says, has Noah looked good? That's a question for you, Alan. I'm going to I'm going to envision imagine he's talking about Noah but not going to yeah, well, I just addressed him that yeah, he's looked better than at any point during his time with the Dolphins. I'm of the opinion and I said this from the start that the new scheme which emphasizes more zone coverage than man absolutely is suited for his skill set because what he's got he's, he's he can run, he's physical, he's strong. What he lacks are pure cornerback skills and instincts and those get exposed a lot more when you know, guys who run double moves on him and he bites. And again, it's an issue of feel. Um, and he, no, he's looked great. And he came into training camp as a guy whose roster spot probably looked shaky. I would tell you right now, it's pretty solid. Uh, Alan, I want to ask a little bit about the Atlanta Falcons. I know you watch the 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 offense, the Miami offense versus the Falcons defense a lot, which is fine because there are a ton of questions. The big question on the Falcons offense right now is Desmond Ritter. Your colleague, Omar, said uh, he nicknamed him Dump Off Desmond. No, That's that, okay. was my name. that was my name because he reminded him of Chad Henney, who used to be for the Dolphins, whose nickname was Check Down Chad. Hey, that will work early for with, with the way this team's set up. All you need to do is, is have Desmond Ritter not be – if he plays mistake-free football, the rest of his team's so much better than it was the last two seasons that you can win football games with, with just being safe and then every once in a while, hey, you guys want to come up, sneak up, and try and stop the run and these checkdowns? I'm going to go over the top every once in a while. Correct. But there's a ton of new faces. I, I like to say the Falcons—they've drafted an offense. They have bought a defense for the most part. They've spent a ton of money on the defensive side of the ball because finally they had some. Um, was there anybody out there that really jumped out to you during these, you know, these joint practices when the ones are going against the ones? You look at some of the new names that might have been out there. David Onyemata, Clayus Campbell got out there late. Uh, Jesse Bates at safety, big ticket free agent. There's a battle at the opposite corner spot, opposite AJ Terrell. And how did AJ Terrell look? Caden Ellis at linebacker, et cetera, et cetera. Any of these names kind of kind of triggering? A, oh yeah, I remember that guy doing something from when you were watching. Your offense versus yeah. the Falcons defense. Well, I would tell you as a big picture type of thing is. I had the Falcons clearly winning both days in the battle of their defense versus the Dolphin offense. And not necessarily that close. Um, in, in team periods, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I watched the one-on-one -on -one pass rushing situations with D-Lyman and O-Lyman. The second day, uh, the Dolphin offensive lineman stoned pretty much every Falcon defensive lineman with very few exceptions. Uh, I can tell you, Focusing obviously on my team, I did notice numbers, and then I know David O's. David O came up quite a bit because we we settled at David O because nobody wanted to like figure out you know, the spelling <laughs> and to send out tweets during practice. And he got involved in a couple of ways. He was involved in a mini scuffle uh, with Dolphin offensive lineman Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. And somebody looks at his roster. It's oh, it's David. Please forget. Help me with the name. Onyemata. It's pretty. It's, it's, once you know it, it's pretty easy. But isn't everything? Yeah. And then, then I was joking to like, here you go. You were trying to send out a very fast tweet. Now you have to look up how to spell his name. And then, lo and behold, three plays later, he gets a sack or, or quote unquote sack, a practice sack. So he was very noticeable. Uh, I can tell you, Jalen Hawkins, uh, the safety, had a pick on the last play of a two-minute drill, where the offense is down by six gets the ball at the 35-yard line with about a minute left. Uh, and this was two of the quarterback, and he just played his zone and receiver ran deep crosser over the middle, and he was in the, in the pathway and got the pick. 
Uh, he looked good. I noticed Grady Jarrett a couple of times. Not a shocker. Yeah. Um, One of my co-hosts that I that I do this show with all the time, Nick Kendall, is just he's just not he's not a Grady Jarrett believer. I'm like, just just wait. Just now that he's got some guys next to him, Grady Jarrett is so good. He's been facing triple teams the last two seasons. Grady Jarrett is a dude. He can he can play this game, and now he's got some help. It's going to be fun to watch Grady Jarrett this year. I'm I'm shocked that that's even a debate. I'll be honest with you. I mean, other than he's got to hone in on his technique of not committing roughing the passer penalties when he sacks Tom Brady. Yeah, if, yeah, that was, uh, that that was brutal. Control. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't go get arrested after that game <laughs> after taking him down. You know, he had to avoid the kick in the nuts after that from Tom Brady, who got fined for that play. And it was such a bad call. They actually changed the rules. You know, it's a bad call when they change the rules yeah. about about roughing the passers being uh, being uh, reviewable. And it's funny, new guy there, Calais Campbell. What a unit that man is, by the way. You probably Love see him, him in the AFC a lot. Love Six, him. eight, 300 pounds. He's humongous. But he was like, oh, yeah, you got to, you know, certain guys get protected. And he didn't know about this. Certain guys get protected. You know, he's talking about Mahomes at the time. And one of the reporters was like, you know, that's kind of a sore spot around here, right? <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know then. I'm like, yeah, you you know. Um, no, he's – quick quick word on Calais Campbell. Obviously, we we're big fans of, of his down here. Played at the University of Miami. Um, great pro. I think it's he's a great addition, not only for what he's going to do on the field, but in terms of the intangibles. I mean, that that's the kind of guy you add to a championship mix. I mean, I love that. It, it, you, you say that, Alan, and I've been uh, – it's good to hear you say that. I like to hear the, the third-party confirmation because being here in Atlanta, having grown up a Falcons fan, this is not what you would call an alpha franchise. Very few I, – I said that, that well, Clarence Campbell was kind of a statement signing for the Falcons that there's a guy of this caliber who chose – Mm-hmm. to come to Atlanta. That speaks volumes about ownership, coaching, and the direction of the project. Because a guy like that could have gone really any place for a swan song. You know, it, it's not about money for him at this point. It's about, I want to play. And it, it spoke well of the city because he wants to be involved in off-the-field stuff and the charitable foundations that Arthur Blank do. So I, I have actually pegged him of all the moves they've made as that may be one of the most meaningful even if he doesn't have a huge impact, it's just what it means to this franchise. There's a question coming in from Smith N that I was going to get to, so this is a good segue. Dalvin Cook and the poor running backs out there. Kip hearing Dalvin Cook's name associated with different teams. Does he make sense? And, and everybody kept saying pretty much outside, probably inside too, but I'll, I'll confirm that with you. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Well, it hasn't been the Miami Dolphins yet. So are there any updates on Dalvin Cook in Miami? That's what it comes down to. <laughs> For those of you listening after the fact, oh, Alan sorry. is just saying money. Yeah, money, money, show money. me the money. Dalvin Cook is from Miami. He, I mean, he could not have been more obvious since the time he was released by the Vikings that this is where he wants to play. He wants to play for the Dolphins. The Dolphins don't have a screaming need for a running back because they have a lot of guys. But if we're going to be honest, they don't have anybody who's as good as Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh the word is they do have a standing offer, which is not to Dalvin Cook's liking, but at some point he's going to get realistic with himself and realize nobody's paying running backs right now. So at some and here's the, the other issue too, is because the Jets were considered a front runner at some point. 
and largely because they have a question mark over their top running back, Brees Hall, who looked so good as a rookie last year before he tore his ACL. Well, Dalvin Cook has made it very clear he wants money, he wants a chance to win, and he wants to be in a feature role. Hey, don't we all? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the, the problem with the Jets there is once Brees Hall goes back to being Brees Hall, whenever that happens, Brees Hall right now is a better running back than Dalvin Cook. Um, so the Jets are not just going to go ahead and say, okay, Dalvin Cook, this is, you know, this is your show at running back. He's got to play nice with Brees Hall, whereas with the Dolphins, he's clearly the best running back on the roster if he signs, but they're not going to sign him. They're not going to pay overpay for him because they don't have to. So, now, Alan, as we move down the line, as we get closer to week one, I think you're going to end up having to settle for two of those three. You can probably get a little extra money in a losing situation. You can probably go be a a split carry back in a winning situation. But you're probably not going to join a team outside of, and I, I believe the Buffalo Bills have, have addressed this need, that have some money, and I don't even know what their salary cap situation is, that have money, have a need, and have the roster to go play for championships. You know, that's that's the that's the holy trinity right there. And that's yeah. if you you're gonna have to decide. I can probably get two of those three. Which one am I most willing to give up? And Dalvin Cook, being that he's already made a ton of money, it might be the money. You know, I'd rather make three and go play for a winning situation where I'm going to be a featured role than make seven and play in obscurity for the next 12 months. Correct. And the Dolphins signed Dalvin, Dalvin Cook – and again, he's also he's also going to have to understand if he on this offense, the two key guys, the two guys who are going to get the ball the most often are Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's not any running back, mm-hmm. so Dalvin Cook also is going to have to accept that fact. But he can be a factor in the passing game. Here, the Buffalo issue is one of the Buffalo issues is this: is his brother plays for the for the Bills, and yeah, the brotherly love thing, that's great and all that, except that his brother is in a position for the first time in his NFL career to be the guy for the Bills. Now, is Dalvin really want to go over there and basically <laughs> usurp usurp his brother and like, okay, well, go back to the back of the line again? Probably not. No, Probably correct. not. Correct. Um, you know, the the just made sense, too, because you don't know what you're going to get back from, uh, from Brees Hall, you know, coming off of that injury. And another team that was involved a lot were the Denver Broncos because uh, Javante Williams was coming off of, honestly, when it happened, we thought maybe even a career-threatening injury. And this joker is going to be back week one. I mean, we've been... That's what he gets for his trouble. He gets called a joker. Well, they actually have a role called the joker role for their offense. And I'm just saying it because I'm saying that as a... It's astounding. We've used words like miraculous, unbelievable. I mean, this is a complete wild card, like a joker, that he is going to be back. Because he he tore, like, three ligaments in his knee. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was and, – and it's going to be – and he could be on the field in week one. So, all of a sudden, the Dalvin Cook talk has kind of dissipated. Now there's more Josh Jacobs talk out there in uh, with, uh, you know, hey, was, could they actually waive this guy? Whew. How about Josh Jacobs in that offense down right. in Miami, Allen? No, zero chance. Uh, that's not happening, especially because Josh, Josh, Josh Jacobs doesn't want to sign his franchise tag with the Raiders. Dolphins are not paying him anywhere well, near. Nobody him. might, though. We go back to the same thing. 
I don't want to play for you. I feel disrespected by you. You're, you're more likely to take five from someone else than you are to take five, you know, to take half the money. Like, okay, I'm not playing for you. Screw you guys. I will Except take less Josh, money to go play somewhere else now because they, they seem to want me more. Except Josh Jacobs has not made big money yet. I know. Uh, uh, so now he's really going to flush, was it 10.7 million, whatever, whatever the franchise tag is for running back. I, I'll be, I'll tell you this, Joe, no offense to any chiefs fans out there. Cause I hear rumblings about Josh Jacobs to the, to the chiefs. Please. No, I'm, I'm tired of the chiefs. I, I want to see somebody <laughs> else representing the AFC. Yeah, I uh, no, I, I I agree. I think they'll they'll get it together, and he'll be a Raider this year. They'll they'll figure it out. They've got there's just not a lot of room for player rights out there where they can force a move very often. It doesn't it doesn't happen very often. Um, let me see. One of the things. Did you have any questions? You know, for me, what to look for for the Atlanta Falcons coming in in order to press some of those guys that you're you're talking about with some of the key matchups. Well, unfortunately, since it's the preseason opener, and again, if the Falcons are not playing any of their frontline wide receivers, that I don't want to say dampens, but realistically dampens a little bit the kind of test that the three cornerbacks vying for that starting position are going to get. Because I would expect them to play. I think the Dolphins are going to sit out a lot of their starters, their mm -hmm. frontline guys. Uh, again, I think you'll see on the on the offense. I think you'll see the ones for at least a series, and you might see a little more from Desmond Ritter because he needs the work. Okay, good. Um, and then there's enough wide receivers out there battling for spots that after Drake London, there won't be that big of a a drop off. And what you will see is who wants to get their their nose dirty. That's what you'll find out real quick playing against the Atlanta Falcons because they're going to run the ball at you. I, I I've joked a bunch of times, Alan, last year with a passing game that was subpar, way subpar. Subpar would be an improvement. That every during the course of every single game arthur smith hit the effort button i'm gonna run it right down their damn throats mm -hmm. and he, they did you know so they they could do that so you're gonna find out who wants to take on blocks who wants to set an edge from the outside from your nickel on out and who's willing to go in and pop pads with people and that that's a valuable type thing that you don't get to see in practices because stay up stay up stay up and right. you know all that kind of stuff that this Falcons team is going to come out and then hit you right in the mouth. I promise you that from whether it's wide receiver one to wide receiver 10. I think they have 12 on the roster right now from the tight ends, from the, the backup linemen. And you'll find out a lot about who, who toughness you'll, you'll find that you, that you might not know going into this game. No, here's, and here's the other question I would have is, what is the expectation in terms of the Falcon offensive line and does their, their second unit on the offensive line provide a representative product in terms of competition for, no, I'm sorry, defensive line. I'm giving off as a defensive line because I'm looking at Liam Eikenberg in that battle at left guard. The defensive line depth is better than the offensive line depth. The Falcons ones on offense could make an argument for their offensive line would be in the argument for best offensive line in the league. Whoa. I, I don't say that lightly. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong Atlanta sports fan. I'm cynical as hell, but especially on running, if I'm coming right at you, they, they are arguably, 
and, and I'm not going to, if you were to say, no, it's definitely the Eagles, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I just say they're in the argument. If we're going to say who has the best offensive line in football, I'm going to come up with three or four names, three or four teams to throw in the argument. And the Atlanta Falcons ones are going to be in there. Their defensive line ones aren't. They're, they're not going to be in that argument. If you can get top 15, top 12 out of them, you're pretty happy. And so there's a bigger, there's a much bigger drop off from ones to twos on the offensive line than from ones to twos to defensive line. Okay. So you won't miss the starters in that battle on defense quite as much. I think the Falcons, there's no, I think here, the Falcons have been playing with practice squad player reserves on the defensive line outside of Grady Jarrett for the last couple of years. They've got legitimate NFL guys going too deep this year. And there are battles for positions. So you will see that tonight, Alan. Okay, that's good. Again, because the Dolphins need to find out. They need to find answers along that offensive line. And the truth is, we talked about the left guard spot, but in training camp, and this is raising alarms all over the place among the Dolphin fan base because the offensive line has been a sore spot for a few years now. And the offensive line has not looked good uh, at a lot of positions. Teron Armstead, has barely practiced and he's I mean he's head and shoulders above anybody else on that offensive line. Uh and he's not gonna play tonight, but they need they need to find an answer at left guard. So it'd be it's gonna be good if they can get a good challenge from the Atlanta. They they will but, get they will get that because I, when when I when I went out to practice one of the security guards, hey, what'd you think? How'd they look? And I said their twos look like their ones the last two seasons. And this was a seven-win team. I'm not. I'm not saying that that that's necessarily a great thing, because they were out there with with castoffs from with the, with the ties to the two teams. Every player that they signed was like, oh, signed off the practice squad from the Chicago Bears, signed after being released by the Tennessee Titans. That that's how they built their team, yeah. because they were ninety million dollars in dead cap money. Allen, they they had to. They just had to survive. Now they've got some legitimate NFL guys out there on their ones and twos. No. And, and what happens usually among the fan bases, I'm sure you well know is, is you see guys being signed like that and fans get excited about an addition and, and you have to remind them, well, he just got released by this team. There's a reason he got released. You know? <laughs> um, I will tell you this on the flip side, like the gap between the, the Dolphins starting defensive line, their interior three, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raquan Davis is very, very good, but the drop off, they have, in fact, Vic Fangio addressed this in a media session prior to practice last week. He says, I don't know who my four, my five, and my six are. Right. I mean, the gap between that first line, that second line, and if those guys don't play tonight and the Falcons decide to pound the ball and run, they could get a lot of yardage. You're you're gonna see some of that. You're you're definitely gonna see some of that. I would I actually expect to see some Bijan Robinson tonight. Oh, good. Um, I was gonna ask we'll be about that. Because he's got to they're going to use him as a wild card. They're going to use him in the slot. They're going to use the he. I don't think he'll return kicks in the preseason, but he might do some punt returning for goodness sakes. But he's going to be slot receiver. He's going to be tailback. He's going to be all over the place. So I would expect to see a little bit of him tonight. I would expect to see at least two series of Desmond Ritter tonight. Um, I might be a little careful with Kyle Pitts because he's he's been full go. You've seen him, but he's still coming off of a knee injury. I might might hold him back uh, just a little bit longer. But um, on that note, final thoughts heading into the game tonight. What are you, what are you most looking forward to seeing besides, hey, real football? <laughs> yeah, and that, that only lasts so long. Um, 
Well, if, okay, a couple of things. From the Falcon standpoint, I'm very curious to see Bijan Robinson, uh, and I want to see my guy, Mike Collins. Um, I love Mike Collins. I'm not going to be shy about it. Again, like I can tell you, every media, media member down here loves Mike Collins. Oh, from a bigger picture, Dolphins, I want to I want to start to get – not that it's going to be the final answers. I want to start to get some answers at cornerback, left guard, um, and then I'm of the opinion – there's some media members here who have thought that there could be a battle for the number two quarterback position between Mike White and Skylar Thompson. I happen to think the Dolphins went out and signed Mike White in the offseason, not to be in a, to be there clearly to be their number two guy. I think, and he's looked very good in practice for the past week. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he continues that good work in the joint in, from the joint practices to the preseason game. On offense, I think Atlanta Falcons fans are excited to see some Bijan Robinson. I, I hope that happens, uh, and I, I think they will. I think he'll get a little bit of a shot. I know they'll get a chance to see Desmond Ritter again. He only played four games last year, but he improved on each one of those last year. And he's it's been said that he's going to get a long leash this year, and he needs all the experience he can get. So let's see him out there with the number one offensive line and see how long they go. On defense, there's a lot of new faces out there, including the defensive coordinator, uh, can the Falcons generate any kind of pass rush at all? The way you're talking about the offensive line makes me think even if they do, hedge your bets, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Wow, that's but smart. we're talking about a team that had 68 yeah. sacks in three combined seasons. That's less than the Eagles had last year. Yeah, that's not good. It's It's been awful. It's been – I call it statistically improbable. It's been uh, been bad. But on that note, those are some of the things we're looking for. Alan, thanks for getting together and doing this today. There's a ton of people watching at 11 o'clock on a uh, on a Friday morning as we go into the afternoon. Looking forward to watching the Falcons and the Dolphins tonight. I'm Scott Kennedy from the All Falcons podcast. Uh, you can find me at Falcons podcast. You can find me at Scout Kennedy. You can find Alan. You can see his name right there, and I'm going to drop his Twitter handle in the chat real quick so everybody can see it. Uh, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, and share. That's the best way you can find more Falcons and Dolphins fans just like you. Appreciate everybody for being here. Alan, thanks again for doing this. We had a great time. We'll have to do it again real soon. And uh, hopefully, Absolutely. we can all agree on this, no injuries tonight. Yes, that would be the number. That's the number one goal. And then we, we, should, be, we should be flagged for not mentioning that first and foremost. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Uh, appreciate you being here. I will be back on Monday morning at 9 a.m. We'll talk about the game uh, at our regular time slot. Now, and when can we find you again? We're going to do an all Dolphins podcast recap of the game sometime tomorrow morning. I hesitate to pin down a time, let's say 11 a.m. That's why you get to hit those like, subscribe, and share. So you make sure you get your notifications so you can come find us when we throw out a uh, special program like we did tonight. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here. We'll see y'all later.